Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you love tales of powerful revenge, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Bromhype Beast, Methanol Vodka. This is a story about someone my parents knew in the Soviet Union. First, some context. In Russia, people have a main home and a secondary home for the summer called a dacha. Now, when you lived in your main home, 99% of the time, people broke into the dacha and vandalized or stole things. Okay, the story. This guy was tired of people breaking in, and he worked in a government chemical facility, so on the last day of summer, he brought to his dacha some methanol and poured it into some empty vodka bottles, then he left the bottles on the table. When he came back next summer, he returned to three corpses. Here's the revenge part. Generally, this is first or second degree murder, but since they broke in and drank it, he's not liable. It's the same thing to breaking into someone's home and stabbing yourself with a kitchen knife. So, he walked away free. In your personal opinion, do you think anybody that does such a thing, knowingly putting methanol into vodka bottles and leaving it in your home, with the expectation that it probably will get broken into, do you think that person has any liability when the people who do break in drank it and died? Or is this whole thing entirely upon those people for choosing to break in and drink it? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Murray BG. Racist teacher gets his car burned and career lost. This happened to my dad in the 80s in communist Bulgaria when the government had issues with the Turkish and changed their names. Didn't let them in the ruling party, didn't let them guard the borders, and didn't let them talk Turkish. There's also a teacher who hated my dad for being Turkish. Often tried to get my dad in trouble, often failed. That teacher also lived far away from that school and the bus didn't go there so he really needed his car. He was stupid enough to tell the class where he lived. Important later. A lot of my dad's classmates hated that teacher so they gathered to break his lights with a slingshot. My dad was going home and went past them. The teacher saw them and they ran away except my dad who was far away from them already going home. On the next day, my dad was expelled for that. My granddad was angry. He had loads of rakia, fruit spirits or fruit brandy, and came up with a plan. He went to the teacher's house and saw fingerprints on the car. Without even trying to blame the other kids, the teacher straight away blamed my dad. My granddad, in a fit of anger, made Molotov and burned his car down. The teacher didn't show up to school again since his car burned and he lost his career. The only thing I heard from my dad is that the teacher was working as a trash collector. My granddad even threatened the other teacher's cars to be burned down if they didn't take my dad back for false accusations. They took him back. My granddad was a feared person in that neighborhood. I have other stories to share about him. Hey man, when you're dealing with tough times in communist Bulgaria, sometimes you gotta Molotov some cars, I guess. All I know is if they're gonna try to rake you over the coals, guess you gotta stand up for yourself and make a statement, right? This next story is by Blue Tuesday. Pick your battles a little more carefully. 
So basically, I moved into a two-bedroom apartment two months ago with Sarah and Jessica, names changed. Now Sarah is on the lease, Jessica is Sarah's girlfriend and isn't on the lease. I pay 50%, Sarah pays 25%, and Jessica pays 25% of rent. Not my ideal situation, but I was desperate for roommates at the time. Fast forward two months, they're enormous slobs who never do anything so I clean up after them all the time. I vacuum the living room, mop the kitchen, do dishes, etc. I buy most of the shared groceries and household items like toilet paper, which the two of them plow through really quickly. Sarah has a cat in the apartment which is unauthorized and regularly has an unauthorized dog here too. Their rent is paid late and utilities on the last possible day. Also, the girls smoke copious amounts of weed and, while I don't care, I ask them to be respectful enough to air out the apartment and keep the smoke out of my room. Now last week, crap goes south. Sarah and Jessica overheard me witching about having to clean up after them and after ignoring me for a few days, sent me a long text about how rude they considered that, etc. So I let out everything that was bothering me and tell them that if they don't want to live with me, I'll gladly release them from the lease, repay the deposit, and they can go. This causes them to freak out and they tell me, it's two against one, we'll force you to move. Oh heck no. I block them on all forms of social media and means of communication. The next day, I went down to the apartment managers and reported the two unauthorized pets and the unauthorized occupant. Written notices were given, Sarah and Jessica threw them straight in the trash. I returned from a four-day stay at my dad's and go straight to report the unauthorized occupant, Jessica, who has already once been asked to leave, and both unauthorized pets, which were supposed to be gone by now. Well, at this point, Sarah and Jessica are getting pissed off. Jessica screams obscenities at me anytime I enter or leave my bedroom. Twice, she spent a half-hour period pounding on my door and the walls of my room. She taunts me through the door trying to get me to open up. All of this is being quietly recorded on my phone while I still haven't said a word. So yesterday, I went back down to the office to finish securing my new apartment and to report more violations. When I came home, the chain lock was locked so I had no way to get in. This is what I'd have been waiting for. Jessica taunts me again on video and then slaps my hat off my head, hitting me square in the forehead with the back of her hand. Bingo. The revenge, I call the cops, rat Sarah and Jessica out for being druggies, get all their paraphernalia confiscated, and get a police report for battery. Come Monday, I'll be on my way to the prosecutor's office to press charges. The apartment managers will also be getting a copy of this report. Also, tomorrow is the last day to pay rent before it's late. Sarah and Jessica disappeared early this morning. If they don't pay rent, I'm going to get them on abandonment clause, finally get them evicted, and have the locks changed. All before I move out tomorrow. It's two against one. Think again. I love that they think that this is some like numbers game and because there's two of them they automatically win while still going against almost every guideline of living in that apartment. In fact, the fact that there's two of you is only helping OP's case because there's not supposed to be two of you. And our final story of the day is by Roai. I ruined the firm I used to work for after they committed fraud and fired me because of it. This happened to me back in 2012 when I had my first real grown-up job in university. I was a clerical assistant for a firm in my city. The firm was a small one of nine employees that also had clerks who would intern from time to time. I worked there part-time during my junior and senior year, then full-time after I graduated. 
I made it about four months after before I was told to resign. This was my first ever business formal job as we had lots of clients face to face. The clients were big, fire department, police department, etc. I was brought on by work study for my uni and at first really enjoyed working for the firm. I had an amazing mentor that taught me all there is to know about this side of the business. He pretty much kept the firm running and put in so much effort that when he interviewed me, I thought he was the owner of the firm and not just the staff member above me. Anyways, as this was my first job, I wasn't keen on office politics or good at recognizing my surroundings with peers. After I started working full time, I began to catch on and see what was going on behind the scenes. The partners of the firm were scumbags. They treated all the staff like monkeys and showed no appreciation. They were both male and constantly harassed the female staff and interns. So often that the turnover rate was so high that there were new interns every few weeks. There were cliques inside of the firm. The attorneys banded together with the office manager and HR manager. The interns stuck together and I was with my mentor. For the most part, we were able to stick together and get our work done and turn out a good work product. But it was hard to watch the harassment of the interns, the social gossip circles of the cliques, and blatant disregard for the staff. Soon after, an intern complained to HR that one of the partners slapped her butt and called her vulgar names. The HR manager, attorneys, and office manager gaslighted this poor intern so bad that she was an emotional wreck when she just walked out and quit. That was the point my mentor and I had enough. After seeing this, we started to take pictures, notes, and gather statements of everything we could see that was going on inside the firm that was illegal. After a huge firm event that involved many hours of overtime, close quarters and pressure, a breaking point was hit and the staff was exploded upon by attorneys and managers. After the event, all of the employees went out to a local club to relax and throw back a few drinks and cool off. This was not something that you would think people in this field would do, especially when the average age of the employees in the firm was over 45. After the attorney started getting crappy drunk, the interns and my mentor took off to go home for the night. I stayed but went to party with my friend group that was also out for the night at the same club. I bounced back a few times between groups and dancing, but near the end of the night, I came back to check on my coworkers, and what I saw was shocking. They rented out a VIP stage and had a bottle service all night. When I walked up to the stage, I saw the two partners grinding an associate attorneys, fondling them and taking turns making out with them. I was disgusted and started to hatch my plan. Not only is that a conflict of interest in my state and type of law, but both partners were married with kids, and so were three out of the four other female attorneys and staff. I got one of the promoters that was my roommate at the time to get the club rep to take photos of them doing this, but to also send them to me. I snapped a few on my phone and left the club. Before we went out, we all stopped at a hotel room close by that was rented out by the partners of the firm. I went back after I left the club, and since I was an employee of the firm, I was able to convince the front desk to let me back into the room. As I was there a few hours earlier and was working with them to pick up and drop things off for the event. After I was let in, I started to take pictures of everything I could find. I emptied drawers, bags, and closets, and was able to take pictures of many, many drugs, sex toys, and things like IDs that were left behind earlier. The following Monday, I go into the HR office and tell the manager that I was uncomfortable with what I saw the partners doing, what they've done in the office, 
and how everyone exploding on me and my mentor at the event was unacceptable. Immediately after I left the HR office, the manager ran into the partner's offices and closed the door. I could hear her screaming coming through the door and booked it over to my mentor's office to fill him in. After I blurred out what happened and what kind of pictures I got, the partners and HR manager run into my mentor's office and overhear us talking about what happened nights before. They immediately tell us to resign and to pack our things as they were worried about our hostile work environment and what it's doing to the firm. I am on the verge of tears and don't know what to do next. My mentor quietly asks for our termination letters, all of our pay stubs, all of our billable hour entries from when we started, and my university work-study paperwork. The HR manager was shocked by this, but legally had to produce all of these things for us upon request. After two hours of data compiling, my mentor and I walked out with all of our things. We ended up going to a bar with all of the paperwork we just got and started to plan our revenge. We compiled all of our timesheets, build hours, and all my work-study paperwork. Not only did I upload all the pictures to separate email accounts to send to the respective spouses of the attorneys, but we found out that the partners and managers muddled with our billable hours to change them to a higher rate to bill our clients more, even though a clerical assistant and paralegal were drafting and filing pleadings. Through my work study, they reported that they were paying me $18 an hour total while paying me $6 an hour from their pockets, and my school was fronting the other 12 as reimbursement. Not only on my pay stubs was my hourly rate 12, I nor the firm was being taxed for the other 6. Instead, it was being pocketed straight by the firm. After a complete and thorough compilation of the documents, my mentor and I set out the next day to complain to the State Bar Association to show that the attorneys at the firm committed a malpractice, misrepresentation of funds, harassment, and conflicts of interests. Their spouses were emailed all of the photos of the night out clubbing and what was found in the hotel rooms. My university was informed of the misuse of funds. I applied for unemployment based on their false misconduct firings. After two weeks of job searching, my mentor and I got picked up at another firm as a package deal. We became close after, and we constantly see each other every other week on a personal basis. Months into working the new job, we decide to snoop on the old firm that we set out to destroy. Not only did four of the attorneys lose their legal license, they were sued by the Bar Association and LNI for fraud. Their spouses were all involved with divorce proceedings and the manager's reputations were ruined by what was brought to light and what they covered up. My mentor and I ended up pulling all of the superior court submissions to read over what documents were submitted in court and they were caught lying in declarations they submitted. It felt real nice to be vindicated by ruining their relationships, jobs, and business. Thanks for reading. I mean, they're going to go around being the worst of the worst, scamming people, assaulting people, and then outwardly doing some pretty shameful things that are just on full display of whoever. Not only were they terrible people, but they kind of laid it all out there for somebody to just compile it and report it and sink them. For a firm with lawyers in it, they didn't cover their tracks at all. They don't deserve those jobs. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. 
So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.